Psalm 108, verse number 1. I'm ready, God. So ready. Ready from head to toe. Ready to sing. Ready to raise a God song. Are you saying amen already? You got to be ready. I mean, this could be the year the trumpet sounds. This could be the year that the ball game's over. We got to be ready. But we got to be ready in the course of action. We started this series with the definition, prayer is worship. We're having a direct conversation with God. That's what prayer is, a direct conversation with God. It's a time of praising. It's a time of worshiping our God with our hearts. We're worshiping God with our hearts. Remember, worship is the action of your heart. Not just what your mouth says, not just what your hands do. It's an action. So it's important to me when you have worship leaders up here that they're not just worshiping the Lord with their mouth. Obviously, if they can't sing or play an instrument, they're not coming up here anyhow. You got me? You, you know, some of us are not good at playing an instrument, so you're not going to play up here, okay? <laughs> Hello? Aren't you glad we have some rules like that? And people that sing do the singing, you understand? But it's not about how good their voice is. It's about the attitude of their hearts. But God listens to all of us. And some of us can't sing real good. Hello, no one wanted to agree with the pastor on that one, huh? Okay, all of you sing so good. It's just amazing how much you sing. I got it. But I've heard some of you, and it's not true, okay? But God doesn't listen to how good the voice is. He listens to what your heart is saying. It's the attitude of my heart that worships God. The attitude of my heart. And, and the definition is God actually, when you're worshiping, pulls up a chair and sits down with you. Wow. I don't know about I like that. Can you imagine each of the worship team people, God just actually pulling the chair up and sitting right next to angel? Understand? Isn't that cool? Or on the bench next to Ann when that's where God is. Or right in the chair next to you. Or in your home when you're worshiping God, when you're praying to God, he pulls up a chair and sits down. See, prayer is not only in your own language, but we believe in praying in the Spirit. You've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. The Bible says to do this. Then last week, we said prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is communicating with God. Number one, prayer is worship. Last week, prayer is communicating. The Lord instructs us not only through the Scripture, but teaches us how to pray. He does that with a demonstration to His apostles and disciples that He has handpicked. He says, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray. And this is how I'm going to teach you how to pray. See, through our Wednesday night service now, we have been using on our online prayer, which if you didn't know this, about a thousand people join us every Wednesday night around the world to pray. That's amazing to me that in the middle of the week at 7 o'clock, people would jump online for one hour, and we've called this the hour of power 
Then we've changed it. We used to call it Hour of Power. We changed it for this year to Warfare Prayer. And the way we're teaching that is that we pray the scriptures. So if you've never joined us yet here on the Rome campus or my online church, join us. I'm telling you, it's an exciting one hour. We stick to the hour. We don't go longer. We don't start late. We start on time. We end on time. And we encourage you in prayer. It's not just us praying, but everyone prays. So prayer is important. And the Lord instructed that. And he said us to us, prayer is not optional. I'm saying to you, as your pastor, it is not an option. You don't get to say, well, I'm not going to pray. God says, pray. Jesus says, pray. The Holy Spirit says, pray. So if the members of the Trinity are saying to us, we should pray, I think we should obey. Anybody with me today? So the way he did this is he instructed us through the Lord's Prayer. He called it that. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Remember the Lord? Remember? Anybody remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, hallowed be thy kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day and as we forgive those who trespass against us and into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I know you said that online. I heard every one of you. But it's important if you say, well, I don't know what to pray. The Lord says this is start right there then that will develop into other types of phrases and words that you will use in prayer. And then Paul instructs us on how to pray in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And there's another powerful portion of Scripture there. He teaches us in that prayer how wide and how deep is the love of God. When you love to pray, I'm telling you, it will change things. So today... If we are uh, praying, then we are communicating with God, then something's going to happen. Prayer sets answers in motion. So if you're going to pray, something's going to happen. Anybody with me? Don't you want to pray and then something happened from that prayer? Well, today I want to take you through that. Prayer sets answers in motion. See, I believe that when we pray, God listens. And he responds to our prayers. I said this last week, and I will say it again. I'm believing God for miracles for your lives. Supernatural miracles. Hello? Wouldn't you like a miracle in your life? Wouldn't you like when you pray that God hears you and the sickness you have is gone? We got some brothers and sisters in our church and on our online campuses that need miracles. I want to be a church that knows how to pray. That when we pray for others, man, our prayer team is powerful. They know how to get a hold of God. But I need more than the prayer team knowing how to pray. 
I want everybody to pray. Hello? I want everybody to pray. It's not just for the prayer team to pray. They should pray. That's their assignment. That's what they do. But a church should have everyone that knows how to pray. And I believe that when we pray, supernatural miracles can happen. So today I want to look at some parts in the Bible that miracles actually happen. The first one is the faith of the centurion. He's a leader in the Roman army. And he comes in the story of Matthew chapter 8. He comes to Jesus as Jesus had entered Capernaum. And, and, and he asked the Lord, hey, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But you just say the word and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And at that moment, the servant was healed. That is a supernatural miracle. That is a prayer that God answered at a distance. He was a long ways away from that centurion's servant. He prayed the prayer, he spoke the word, and at a distance, the man was healed. Some of you may be praying some prayers for people in other cities, other countries. Some of you on my online campuses, you may be praying for people in other continents. God is not restricted by a distance. This illustration today says he can be in one city and he can heal somebody in another city with just the word. It's just the prayer. Ah! You pray the prayer, God hears the prayer, he responds to the prayer. God answers prayer at a distance. Supernatural miracle. Number two, Jesus calmed the storm. It's a great illustration Again, in Matthew chapter 8, that's a pretty powerful chapter right there. And, and the disciples and Jesus are in a boat. All of a sudden, a storm, the Bible calls it a furious storm, comes up. I mean, stuff is happening. The boat is rocking. They're getting scared. They're getting nervous. And, and the disciples went and woke Jesus up. Lord, save us. Have you ever thought you woke Jesus up? Well, the Bible says he never slumbers, so I don't know what you think. But the disciples saw that Jesus was in the boat. He was in the same boat they were in. You'll get this by the end of the illustration. Jesus is in the same boat the disciples was in. But the disciples looked at the circumstance outside the boat and thought they would drown. So they went to the Lord and said, wake up, we're going to drown. Can you imagine what Jesus was thinking? 
basically rebuked him and said, you guys don't have any faith at all, do you? I'm in the boat. I'm in your boat. I'm the son of God. I'm not going to drown. It's not my time. And so to help teach them, he gets up, he stands up, and they but okay, wind, okay, storm, okay, rain, stop it. And immediately, the Bible says, the winds calmed down, the storm stopped. With the word of God. The disciples had a great teaching moment, but a few thousand years later, we should have the same teaching moment. I will make it very clear. God is in your boat. If you love God, God is in your boat. And I'm going to give you another hint. You will not have to wake God up. Listen. You think, well, God doesn't hear me. If you love God and you're communicating with God like I've been teaching this month, I'm telling you, God is in your boat and he will not let you drown. He's going to help you. He's going to protect you. And if necessary, he'll calm that storm right now. God answers prayer of a circumstance. Anybody got a circumstance today? You say, I could use an answer to a prayer. Third one. There's these three guys that had some difficult names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's the story of the fiery furnace of Daniel chapter 3. Here's some young men that love God. But because they love God, the king, and really some side parts of the king, didn't like these guys. The king liked them, but he had some helpers that didn't like them. And so because they didn't like them, they, they kind of worked a deal that they were going to have to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Remember, not everybody's for you. Not everybody's for you. God is always for you. This pastor is always for you. Pastor Jen is always for you. Are you listening to me? What that means is, if people are against us, it does not supersede that God is for us. I'm going to say that again because I want you to get it. If people are against you, it does not supersede that God is for you. God is always going to be for you. And so, these three young men took a stand for God in public. And said, you know what? If it's our time to go, it's our time to go. But if God chooses to deliver us this day, that's good. But if not, we're still not going to bow to your idol, O king. <clears throat> you have to stand up for what is right. You have to stand up for holiness and godliness. And look at the virtues that God says, this is the way I want you to walk. This is the way I want you to live. These are the things I want you to do. And these are the things I don't want you to do. These young men demonstrated to us that if we will stand up for what is right, God will always come through for us. See, prayer sets answers in motion.
Let me tell you, when that king had those army guys throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the furnace, I'm sure they're staying. Okay, this isn't good. But they had a confidence that God was going to show up. And what happened in the story is amazing. For some reason, the king decided to look. If you were thrown into a furnace, and the demonstration of that, you say, how do you know? Because the army guys, the big army guys that threw Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the furnace, they were killed throwing them in because of the heat of the flames. So if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in that kind of heat, why did the king look? He must have knew something on the inside about prayer, about these young men, about their faith. I wonder if God looks at us like that. I wonder if God says, man, I'm going to answer that prayer down there. I believe that though they're in the midst of the battle, though they're in the midst of the storm, though they're in the midst of the fiery furnace, I'm just going to do as the king says later. He looks in the furnace and he says, I sent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that furnace. How come I see a fourth guy in that furnace? And that fourth guy looks like he's the son of God. How did God show up? Prayer. Prayer. I'm sure they weren't in the furnace saying, oh, our life's going to end. Oh, it's going to be bad. Maybe it's just the online campus people that would talk like that. Not you guys in Rome. You would never say nothing like that. But I bet they were in that furnace saying, God, it's time for you to show up. And show how powerful you are. I believe you God. I believe in miracles. I can hear them right now. Oh glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. I honor you God. I worship you God. My heart pours out to you mighty God. And in the middle of the fire. God shows up. I'm telling you my friend. God answers prayer. Of an emergency. You ever have an emergency? I would have called that one an emergency. I'd call that an emergency. I'm telling you, my friend, God answers prayer. Fourthly, there was this prison experience of Paul and Silas. He prayed. Again, prayer moves God's hand. And the gates of the prison were free. They opened up. They became free. That story is found in Acts 16. And the reason I wanted to put, throw this story in there is because a lot of times people think, is God really going to show up if I'm in the prison? If I'm locked in chains? Well, we just gave the illustration in the storm he shows up. We just gave the illustration in the fiery furnace he shows up. Well, in the New Testament, this is a story where Paul and Silas are thrown in prison for doing right. And they're, th they're thrown in there. And in the middle of the prison, the Bible says, they begin to sing praises unto God. See, my friend, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, 
in the midst of the problem, it's not the time to be negative. It's the time to be positive. It's the time to say, my God will see me through this thing. My God is going to show up. In the midst of the prison, they begin to sing. And prayer set action in motion. It set the answers to there. They, they needed God to show up. It's a supernatural miracle. You've heard me say that now a few times. Supernatural miracle. They set, they, they set things differently. There are many more answers to prayer in the Bible. Remember, there are 650 prayers in the Bible. I gave that to you two weeks ago. Paul uses it 43 times. I gave that to you two weeks ago. But that shouldn't be the end of our story today. We know that if it was written in the Bible, we believe the Bible, that that happened. That's over with. It's done. We can build our faith on it because it happened before. But this story really is about you. That's why my last point today is, what about you? What about you? What's your story? When did you pray? When did you pray that God answered? Online or here in Rome? Have you ever prayed a prayer and God answered the prayer? My online campus now, I want you to pay attention. In Rome and online. You prayed a prayer. Maybe it was for a circumstance. Maybe it was for an emergency. Maybe it was for a friend. Maybe it was for a sickness. He's saying, God answered my prayer. Would you be so kind to lift your hand up? Online now, I'm watching all the way in whatever country you're in. God answered a prayer. I prayed. God bless you for raising your hand. For some of you, I'm a little surprised that you didn't raise your hand. Hopefully it didn't get lost in translation. But the point here is, either you didn't pray, or you never prayed. Because God always answers prayer. I'm going to say that again. God always answers prayer. If you pray, the answer is in motion. Now, sometimes it's in a, a place of an emergency that we got to have the answer now. And, and to be honest with you, I wish every time I said a prayer, the answer was now. But there's sometimes we have to wait. And for some of us people, that's a difficult thing to wait. Anybody with me? Anybody want to be honest right now? Does anybody have a hard time waiting? Would you raise your hand? Oh, I don't like liars in my church. You know that, friend. It's hard to wait, isn't it? Especially when it takes more than a week. Some of us can go a week and say, okay, okay, okay. Now when we're up to three weeks, oh, oh, oh. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you, 
God answers prayer. He will always come through for you. See, when we pray, prayer sets the answer in motion. If you didn't hear anything else I said, prayer sets the answer in motion. Psalm 108, verse 1. I'm ready, God. So ready. Ready from head to toe. Ready to sing. Ready to raise a God song. Thank you for joining us online. And we're going to let you stay online with us for a few moments. Would you stand with me here in Rome? Maybe in your chair there, you stand up with me. Halfway around the world, another continent. I'm going to pray a prayer. And then I'll say goodbye to you guys. And we're going to keep praying here in Rome. And one of our prayers we're going to pray here in Rome is for you. So Lord, today, for my online campus friends, I pray, God, as they listen to the ending and the words I'm going to say when this prayer is over to them, I pray that, God, they will be inspired. They will be encouraged to be men and women, young men, young women of prayer. Because if we pray, it sets the action in motion. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf ears will be open. The centurion's servant will stop. The fire will go away. I thank you, Lord, that you answer our prayers. Thank you for doing that, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. God bless you, online campus. today as you have heard this message I believe God has spoken to your life today the best decision you can make is to follow Christ to say yes to him and if you want to say that prayer with me I'd love to pray with you right now so I want you to repeat this prayer with me say it dear Lord Jesus come into my heart come into my life from this day forward for the rest of my life I will live for you the things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because we're, the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're going to help you on this journey with Christ. Maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I want to pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will, and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now, there are people that are praying prayers all over the world, and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now, you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I want to send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you. And remember, God's got a plan for your life.